Osiris. Hi, I'm Bob Crawford from the Avid Brothers, and the podcast you're listening to is part of the Osiris Network, a global community connecting passionate music fans with podcasts about music, artists, and culture. For more information about all the shows in our network, please visit OsirisPod.com. Osiris. Welcome in to episode 58 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch, alongside Jeff Bolas. And thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. Um, if this is your first time, thanks for joining us. And if you're a return visitor, appreciate your continued support. Jeff, uh, I am refreshed. I am ready to get at it. Thank you for holding the... Uh, for keeping the train going the last couple of weeks while I, uh, I was on sabbatical and, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get after it. That's good. I'm glad you're all rested up and, uh, it's actually really pretty easy just to, uh, talk into a microphone for 10 minutes at a time. I don't have to do all the hard stuff like editing and making it sound good. So Harvey, thank you for even at, do, even during your sabbatical, you know, you took some time, you got away from the pod, you, rejuvenated did you go to a spa or go into like a hyperbaric chamber or anything and man those both sound amazing i didn't get to do either of those things i mostly just chased the kids around i got to uh i got to a live music event i went and saw the uh as the crow flies show here in town and how was that uh i enjoyed it i mean i I had you know reasonable expectations and i would say it surpassed it was it was fun. It was, I wasn't expecting, you know, life changing, you know, experience and it wasn't, but, um, it was, you know, it was all, they played all the hits and, uh, I have to say, you know, say what you will about Chris Robinson. He is, you know, probably, you know, not a great person, but he is, I would argue the best front man of our generation, and it was cool to see him up there without a guitar and kind of being the front man and dancing around and doing the little, all his little black crows, you know, dancing on his little jigs. It was fun. His moves. Yeah. So he didn't play guitar at all. He just, he just was the singer. No, no, he was just the singer. Um, and, um, yes. Chris is a, it, Chris is an incredible front man and really is, is, and is a true front man in the, in the Mick Jagger, um, you know, Roger Daltrey, yeah, they don't make them like that so they, much yeah, anymore. That's, that's not a really, yeah, you're right. It's not really a thing anymore. Really not since, well, I guess the 90s, Scott Whelan from like Stone Temple Pilots, I suppose, is maybe, you know, I'm sure there's some others that we're neglecting. I suppose in some people say, what about the guy from The Killers? Like, oh, fine, I'll give you Brandon Flowers or something. <laughs> but, but you're right. I, I was, I, and this is what happens. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody in a lot. In, in, in the two weeks that we were on, I, <laughs> you, I didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> I didn't talk to anybody about anything. All I did was watch LeBron dominate the world. So, um, but yeah. so, so no, that was, uh, we had a good time. Uh, Marcus King and Audley Freed were, you know, it was a, it was a nice two car, two guitar attack. And, um, 
Yeah, it, it was fun. So um, I went to uh, Beale Street Music Festival over the weekend, and I've only been to Memphis three years. It'll be three years next month, but I've learned that it always, even though the forecast might be completely sunny, it will somehow figure out a way to rain at Beale Street Music Festival. And Saturday afternoon, I was going to go down and see Government Mule. I was planning on going to see Calexico, but I had to do some uh, lawnmower repair. And Jen and Presley were going to take me down to and drop me off, and then Jen was going to come down later. And like literally walking out the door, it starts to pour. And by the time we get to uh, Tomley Park, it has stopped raining, but of course there's just mud like everywhere, um, which is all. And again, last year, I think it rained Thursday or Friday and it was muddy like the whole weekend. So, um, so I saw the mule, which was as mule as ever, you know, mule opener, Thorazine shuffle, game face. Um, they did a nice cover of I'm a Ram, um, closed with soul shine what it is um but it was good Shocker. yeah and then um met some friends and my wife later and saw david byrne which, oh, nice. which was awesome mm. it was awesome so if he's coming to your town go see it it is like he's at he's they've created this cube sort of feel on the stage with like these silver beaded or silver drapey things and there's no core. There's no chords. There's nothing. All, all the instruments are cooked up remotely, and then he are, are mic'd um, in some way. So all the percussion is portable. You know, the guitars and basses and stuff. There's no. There's no chords there. It's just a super fun show and a lot of dancing and you know weirdness. Go figure. Um, played a lot of Talking Head stuff, but it was. He has he had these two backup singers slash dancers who the guy sort of looked like a middle school English teacher and in sort of in this other woman that were dancing and they just were so like unassuming and they didn't do anything dramatic but it was just very cool it was like all understated moves it was very it was just a neat show hmm. um and the set, and, and set list was really cool and then we stayed a little bit for Jack White which was which was okay I would have liked to have seen it in, indoors. It wasn't really a festival thing, but it was loud, very loud rock and roll. So. Cool. Well, there you go. Concert reviews, courtesy of the Bluest Tape. Um, so uh, there was also a couple of widespread panic shows while we were uh, on break. Uh, they played two nights at the inaugural uh, Trondasa Festival in uh North Charleston, South Carolina. Did you uh, did you follow any of that? No, I honestly were you forgot. even aware that they were. <laughs> I honestly forgot until you said we should do a Charleston show this week. I said, well, "Why would we do a Charleston show?" Oh, that's why. Um, I saw I saw Sturgill set in. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was a highlight. I got to, um, you know, I was listening to the live stream when that happened. So I was. How did it that was sound? cool. It sounded good. I mean, I love Sturgill. Um, I mean, he's a Kentucky boy and uh, Woodford County High School, and um, so it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was. I mean, they're not exactly like. I would say they are. They they are not. You know, similar. Clearly, not similar genres, but they are kind of kindred spirits. You know what I mean? Uh, and so it, it made sense, and it was cool that he did that. So, um, they. Uh, 
they play is i mean i don't not to say that i'm necessarily prophetic or anything but the last episode that we did um it's for the outro music i put on the uh Colonel Bruce Hampton, the Aquarium Rescue Unit version of Tron Dasa in honor of the festival that was going to happen. And then the uh, then Panic played it uh, for the very first time on the second night. So that was kind of cool. Um, and uh, so if you're listening to the to the pod beforehand, you got a little taste. Uh, so in honor of the shows in Charleston, my idea was to do uh, a Charleston, South Carolina episode. Um, the band has played... Uh, in Charleston and North Charleston, you know, quite a few times over the years. Um, is that a place that you have ever spent any time, Jeff? One time back in 2004, I think we went to Charleston. Um, we drove down and, uh, I just remember it was two things. I remember we ate really well and we went to a piano bar because it was something to do. And that, that was still in, state law or maybe i don't know if it was state law or just in charleston but the only way you could get liquor was out of the tiny little airplane bottles <laughs> so right. behind the bar it was just like this wall of airplane you know airplane liquor and then so you'd order a drink and they'd have to crack one open i mean that's it was the most absurd thing i forgot about that yeah the, the law has changed i had an intern this uh this spring who was from charleston and it was the, literally the first question i asked him when i found out he was from charleston <laughs> They still have that absurd law about with the airplane liquor bottles. So he informed me that they didn't, and I was happy to hear it. So, um, so we picked out three um, three sections or three shows to to touch on this week. Um, but uh, before we get to the music, um, I think it's time to do our weekly recs. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything uh, fun to share with the good people this week? You should go first because I wasn't uh, expecting to do one since I just gave you a concert review. So uh, I thought, oh, that qualified. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, so I guess mine would be uh, one that probably most people are aware of, but uh, I got in the mail um, last week my copy of the Light Fuse Getaway vinyl release. Um, which is, you know, kind of cool. We did our uh, Life Peace Getaway uh, Volume 2 re- uh, releases a few weeks ago. And um, so the band did their own anniversary release of uh, the double CD uh, live album in a, in a L- LP vinyl form. And um, it's, uh, it's really cool to... Uh, to put that on and experience it in that format. It's definitely different. Um, but in a lot of ways it, it plays pretty well. Like the, the, obviously the split diner is, is, you know, not ideal, but, uh, it's kind of cool to hear all the songs sort of paired up in twos and threes and the little, uh, sec segments of music as they're, as they're broken up. And, um, it's cool to see all the art. I, was, I thought that was a really well packaged CD back in the day. And so it's kind of cool to see it, uh, in even larger size, uh, cool pictures and artwork. So. I, yeah, I, I, mine came in the mail Tuesday morning and I haven't listened to it yet. Opened it up and looked at it before bed last night. And, uh, it's a pretty cool set. You know, I think it's great that 
Panic reached back 20 years later and, and, and reissued it on vinyl, so it's nice to have it on there and uh, look forward to putting it on the turntable. Um, you know, I, I think it is sort of, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they've mastered it and, and how it sounds since the CDs, this is going to sound like a funny statement, since the CDs sounded so good, um, and, and see what, what, what they did and sonically if it's about the same. Um, and honestly, I haven't listened to it in anything but a car stereo in probably 15 years. So it'll be interesting to see how it sounds on my, you know, my vintage old beat up stuff. So, but yeah, it's a, it looks like a great set. I'm glad that it's, I'm glad that they did it. Is there a, is there a panic release that you would prefer to have than that? I mean, that's the one, right? If you had to choose one uh one um, album on vinyl i mean are we talking official releases or are we going to get into like the vault series stuff uh i mean i guess i would give you any of the official you know vault releases yeah i mean i would love to have carbondale 2000 on vinyl just because you'd rather like, that than like peace get away uh, i mean that's sentimental value just because i was there just in the selfish format yeah, yeah it's selfish of course uh, and I can I can group it, you know, in the movie High Fidelity, you know, where he, uh, Rob comes home and he starts to organ- reorganize his record collection, and he's re- doing it yeah, auto- chrono- chronological, no, autobiographical, chron- autobiographical. Like I could put yeah. it next to the records I actually bought in Carbondale that night because I still have the price tags on them. I bought a King Curtis record, and I think I bought an Aretha record that night. I was thinking about that the other day. Anyway, I digress. Do you have, are your record are your records in autobiographical order? No, they're they're um, alphabetical. But I've often wondered if I could do it, do the autobiographical. I think I probably could get a pretty good start on it, but I couldn't do the, you know, how I got from here to here in fifteen moves. I might be able to do like, I might be able to do chronologically in terms of purchase because I do tend to remember where I get where I got things. Like I remember two records I bought when I was in Atlanta over New Year's 99. I bought a King Curtis record, Get Ready, and I bought a Willis Jackson record, which actually I think I might have sold. And I paid too much for the King Curtis record. Um, but they're souvenirs from a trip, right? And they still have Wuxtry on the price tag, which is the famous Atlanta record store. So there you go. Um, that was something that I, I did, I, don't know, I should still do, but whenever I traveled somewhere, I always tried to find a record store to go, you know, and buy one or two just because it was, you know, it was a different, uh, a different library, right? Different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't done that in a while. I find that now when I travel places, I just go and drink the beer, the local beer. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an in the moment experience and not a long-term experience, but, uh. You know, well, go, go drink a local beer, get a sticker from a brewery, go to a record store, get a sticker from a record yeah. store. So, yeah. yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. Um, okay, so since you're not going to make a recommendation, then I guess we'll just move on to the music. Um, you know what we do in these shows, right, Jeff? I'm I recommended people go see David Byrne. That is my oh. recommendation. Got it. Okay, sorry. There. I, I just because it wasn't in the s- standard format. I didn't <laughs> wasn't sure. Um, okay. Bear with I'll us. I'll have one next week. Um, okay. So, uh, so back to, uh, originally what we were talking about, we we're going to do Charleston, uh, music this week. And, um, so we're going to kind of go deep into the archives for this first segment. 
Um, have we done uh, stuff from the eighties? I'm sure we have, right? We have. Um, I mean, not much though, have we? I mean, uh, so uh, this week we're going to go back to a show in 1988, and that is from uh, March 4th at the uh, um, Captain Harry's. Captain, old, good old Captain Harry's in Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, this is a pretty, pretty epic three set show. And um, not a, there are not a ton of tapes from 88. And so this is one of the ones that's, that is available. And um, so to kick off this week's show, we are going to play uh, the first four songs from the show on March 4th, 1988, uh, from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm from Radio DePusky Island. The captain's not here, so I'm going to do the introduction. South Colorado, West Texas bound We stopped over in Santa Fe That being the point, just about halfway You know working was the hottest part of the day I took them horses up to the stall Went to the bar room and I ordered drinks for all Three days in the saddle, you know my body hurt it being summer, I took off my shirt I tried to wash off some of that dusty dirt
kicks her out of their goal. I love my uncle, God rest his soul. It taught me good Lord, taught me all I know. Taught me so well, I grabbed that gold. And I left him lying there by side of the road. Traveling light, just you and I. We go down to paradise, maybe once now, maybe twice. Traveling light is the only way to fly. We're going. 
come down to paradise Baby, once, baby, three more times Traveling light It's the only way to fly smile at me you know I will understand cause there's something that everybody everywhere does in the same language you must try some of my purple berries I've been eating them Six or seven weeks now Haven't got sick once Probably keep us both alive Ooh, Both alive And I can See by your coat My friend, you're from the other side There's just one thing I've got to know Just tell me please
chain on We had a long chain on It's done and gone They said the dog's on him They said the dog's on him Said the dogs on him, torn limb from limb. Old oh, man's son gone, 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 Widespread Panic at Captain Harry's in Charleston, South Carolina, March 4th, 1988. 
uh, the first four songs of a pretty substantial three-set show. Um, the Utah Phillips and Grateful Dead inspired song Me and My Uncle into Traveling Light by J.J. Kale. Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash show up with wooden ships into Another Man Done Gone. And so this is a full three-set show, a ton of songs. Some guy named Pete sits in on it. <laughs> I love that. I wonder where Pete is these days. Probably still talks about the time he sat in with widespread panic. Um, but the three things about this show that I, I like the intro where it sounds like the guy like mm-hmm. stuffed a sock in his mouth in the middle of it, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that if you look at the set list, I mean, it's literally like if half the songs, if they played now, people would be super excited about obviously the stuff they don't play anymore. Like China can't sunflower. I shouldn't have took more than you gave and fire on the mountain and stuff, that kind of thing. But I count at least 17 songs, 18 if you want to say Down on the Farm is a rotation song, which I guess mm-hmm. which it was kind of at one point. So, but 18 songs in this show from 20 years ago are part of Panic's pretty regular rotation, right? But yeah. only five originals, which I think right. is probably pretty good for 1988. Um, Conrad, uh, Stop Go, Space Wrangler, Pigeons, Last Drop, so, Chili Water. That's six. Water. That's six yeah. originals. I can do math, kids. I can do math. Mm-hmm. Um, but six originals, um, which, I, which, regardless, is pretty good for 1988 for Widespread Panic. Yeah. Well, and it is cool that it's like there are all these crazy covers, but like a lot of them are, you know, still sort of, you know, not common songs, but our regular rotation songs, these, you know, these days, you know, feeling all right, wish you're here, fantasy, stuff like that. So it's kind of cool to see, even though you look at it as kind of like a cover band set, but like half of it is still, (laughs) you know, standard panic stuff. So, um, and I, and I feel like this was a, you know, uh, 88, if you look at the set list, there's, there's a lot of this stuff, but, um, they're they're trans they're starting to sort of transition from you know all covers to you know more of the more of the originals are starting to pop up and um less reliance on on these you know all these covers but um i think this is a uh it's a really cool snapshot of a band at a time and um these are good examples of where they were i mean i, I really think the the me and my uncle traveling light combo, which is sort of a standard, right? Uh, it was a, um, I don't, I don't know what's a, what's a, uh, comparable, um, you know, uh, what did the dead do? Like me and the, me, uh, me and my uncle Mexicali or, um, I usually skip over those parts of dead shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so it's like a machine bar stools. Like they, those two songs showed up. Uh, if you look at every done played for, me and my uncle, it was, um, you know, they played it, uh, geez, they played it quite a few times, um, 64 times and all but like five were me and my uncle in the traveling light. So the songs really play well together and, uh, it was a cool little one, two punch. And, um, uh, so I like that part. And then the, uh, the wooden ships and another man done gone both i think just like they fit jb so well and um and mikey's kind of doing all his uh his you know 
stick and move type things. And, uh, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's not, uh, there's some, there's some early shows that are kind of, um, not difficult, but sort of, you know, I mean, kind of a, a, they're kind of work to listen to this. I didn't find that at all. You know, I mean, I found like I put it on, I was like, Oh, this is really nice. Like I could listen to this, you know, uh, it wasn't challenging at all to, to listen to. So I had uh, it on all day at work today or the afternoon and it's a really long show. Sure. <laughs> so, so I turned, put it on and, you know, did my homework and then I got up and talked to a couple of my coworkers, came back walked across the breezeway, talked to somebody else in the other building, came back, went back up front, came back, and it was still on like, the still entire, entire afternoon <laughs> until I left for the day. So. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I agree. It is definitely one of the more listenable, in terms of quality, um, mm-hmm. performance, but also sound quality from, from the uni. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So now we are going to jump forward in time. Uh, almost 10 years, uh, to September, 1997. Uh, and the show was from the, uh, Joe Riley, uh, what do they stadium call it? Park. Stadium. I think it's just stadium. I don't know what stadium park is. Um, unless it's like a park. I mean, it was, I assume it was in the baseball stadium, right? Or do you think it was in like the park abutted to the stadium? Do we, do we know? Okay, maybe if anybody out there knows or was there, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Um, but they played a couple shows at Joe Raleigh. I always just assumed it was in the stadium, but um, it is uh, it's home to the Charleston uh, minor league team. Uh, Charleston River Dogs, I think is what they are. They're in the South Atlantic League. Um, uh, low A uh, team. And um, so uh, this show from uh, September 26, 1997 is, um, comes right after they do two nights uh, in, at the House of Blues in Orlando. I think it was their first time at the House of Blues in Orlando. They end up playing quite a few shows there over the years. And um, then they play this show and then one more show in Knoxville at World's Fair Park. And that's the end of the first leg of the Fall 97 tour. So that show that tour starts up north uh, in early September. They do the uh, shows with Buckshot Lafonk and Brand for Marcellus, and then up into Montreal uh, in early September, and then back down through the Midwest, and um, and then sort of back down south. And they get here to Charleston, and then they take a break for about a month, and then pick things back up uh, in Clemson, South Carolina. Do the run through, you know through Halloween and then back up through the Midwest and, um, and down into Texas. And that was, uh, um, that was a nice long fall tour with a couple different, you know, waves. You got a couple different chances to see them, especially if you're in the Midwest, you got a couple shots. So that was fun. Um, but, uh, so this show is, uh, from Joe Riley stadium park in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, September, 1997. Um, another sort of fitting, sort of tying this whole thing to, you know, this whole thing is that uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton opened up the show along with uh, G Love and the Special Sauce and Blue Dogs. But uh, Colonel Bruce and the Fiji Mariners opened up and um, we'll pick things up. Uh, where are we about? Mid- midway through the first set, they open up with a really nice uh, three song um, segment of Happy Diner, She Caught the Katie. Uh, and then we pick things up right after that. Like the thank me. 
very much. D-Love and special sauce. Big dog Bam. Big Daddy Colonel Bruce Hampton and the Fiji Mariners for being all with us with you and us tonight.
be satisfied If you were the preacher, man, never said no prayers
September 26, 1997, from Joe Riley Stadium Park in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, you heard uh, the Blind Faith cover, Do What You Like, into the Bloodkin cover, Henry Parsons Died, uh, from the middle of the first set uh, at the show. Um, feels more like sort of a second set segment, but uh, they got, got things down and dirty pretty early in the show. Yeah, and they followed up with a driving Avis, driving Avis, driving after that. So yeah, it's a pretty strong first set. Um, do what you like. They, you know, it was like we were just talking. I mean, it was a pretty standard song for them throughout 1987 and 1988. Played it every, you know, at most. I think the biggest gap was 14 shows, but it was a typical three to five show um, gap between between the times they played it and then it spread out through 89 and 90 and then they shelved it for five years and brought it back in 96. And then it just became one of those semi-regular bust out songs that would show up. Once a tour kind of. Yeah. Once a tour kind of stuff. And, um, it's such a great song. I mean that it's, to me, it's always this, this blind faith record. It's six songs and, I was, I'm looking at the track list now and sea of joy, which is the first song on, on the B side is maybe the only one that I'm kind of eh about, but I think it's probably, I think I probably still like it, but I absolutely love like four of the six songs on this record on, on that record. And it's clear yeah. that other bands do too, because I've seen bands cover can't find my way home. Well, I'll write pleasance of the Lord and do what you like, um, right. you know, over the years and, you know, government mule has done them Panic has done a couple of those. Um, material, um, severe driving problems did well, all right, back in '89. Mule has done Presence of the Lord a bunch. Um, so yeah, it's just it's a great record. But Panic has really taken that song and, and turned it into something. And this version of Do What You Like is awesome. I mean, it's just yeah, just <laughs> really like, good. Just snarling Hauser guitar, um, and and Henry Parsons is a great follow up um, um, for that for. Uh, for this song. So it's, it's a, it's a great selection. Again, mid first set that sort of stands you on your ear, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's like, I guess, you know, uh, the first time I saw this song was in the summer of 96 at the zoo in Cincinnati. And it was mid second set. And that's sort of like where I always, you know, picture it being like, that's where it fits for me. But like, when you look at the every time played, like it is in the first set, like almost more often. It's split. Uh, it's it's counted. It's like 13 to 11 or something like that. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like they use, they used it as a, like a, you know, a, a temp, you know, a tempo changer in the first set to kind of like get weird. And, uh, that's definitely, you know, a good tool i mean yeah such a weird song and like uh you know like you were saying about how much they played it early on um you know when you're playing like frat houses and doing like you know classic rock songs and you just drop in to do what you like it's like right eh? a lot of strange looks on their on the faces of the crowd i would think but um this is a great version and uh and a really good henry parsons to follow it too so um and we can check another Fall ninety seven, first run of Fall ninety seven off of our list for shows that we've done on this on this podcast. So eventually, we're going to get to all of them because we haven't done House of Blues yet, which those two shows are pretty smoking. Um, mm-hmm. James Madison, we haven't done that show's great. The, the Pittsburgh show, I think, is a bit of a sleeper. Um, we haven't done Club Soda because it was a release, but we did 
Boston, we did 9.15 through 9.19. Uh, we got to do Knoxville at the end of the tour. So we'll get to all of them eventually. It's, it would just shows, I mean, it's such a great tour. It's such a fun It's one of your favorites. Know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, they play and the a second, bunch of shows in Iowa and Wisconsin, which is, you know, always good for you. If only, if only I would have, you know, I mean, I thought I was doing well seeing two shows a tour. It was like, oh, yeah, I guess I probably should have gotten off my ass and done more of those. But, <laughs> oh, well, live and learn. Live and learn. Um, all right. So uh, now we're going to go back in time, back to uh, 1993, almost uh, four years to the date of this show. Um, and that's uh, September 23rd, 1993, from um, the Music Farm in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, you know, 93 is a year with a lot of shows. And um, this is um, in a run in the Southeast where they, you know, had been playing from, they did the Horde show in the su- in the summer, and then they picked up September 2nd and played, uh, you know, pretty much nonstop until September 25th. So about two and a half months, including that uh, his sort of historic 14 shows in 14 days uh, in late October and early November. But um, this show, uh, you know, I remember having this on cassette pretty early on and uh, it sticks out because there is a uh, instrumental Roberta, just, I think just the second ever Roberta. And, um, it's a cool version and we may get, um, so we'll get, eventually get to an instrumental reverse uh, in our instrumental episodes, but, um, we didn't choose that. It's a, it's a good one though. So this might be the one we use when it gets to that point. But, um, we, uh, your, your selection was from, uh, from the middle of the second set. And, um, so, uh, they open the second set, please Henry Parsons, and then, uh, get into this.
All right, Widespread Panic, September 23rd, 1993, Charleston, South Carolina at the Music Farm in the middle of the second set. Rock, Worry, Me and the Devil Blues. Uh, three great songs, all played very well. These are three really good examples, a really nice 93 show. Um, fun show from start to finish. Um, love this version of rock. Starts off really slow and builds. Um, like Harvey said before, the instrumental version of Roberta into Chile right at the end of the show is pretty strong. Um, this is in the midst of a really crazy tour where they're playing a bunch of shows in a row and taking short breaks before they 
get a week off and then go out, then do 14 shows in a row in October and November 93. So they're much younger men than back then than what they were now or than what they are now. And they were able to pull it off and make some really great music. So this is a, another fine example um, from that tour. So Charleston, well done. We maybe we'll come pay you a visit again. Um, Panic has played there a bunch of times and played some good shows, but I have a feeling we'll probably end up in Myrtle Beach before too long to cover some of the great stuff that they've done at the House of Blues in '99 and 2000. Yeah, definitely some good shows in uh, in South Carolina over the years. Um, well, we appreciate everybody joining us this week. Uh, please come back, tell your friends about it. Um, you know, rate it on uh, on iTunes and. Um, you know, shoot us an email, shoot us a uh, Twitter message or Facebook. Uh, appreciate uh, all the feedback everybody gives us and uh, it helps, uh, helps every week. Um, want to remind everybody that we are, uh, you know, we're a member of the Osiris podcast network. We're really excited to be a part of that. And uh, there's some great stuff going on. Uh, those guys were down uh, at the 420 festival uh, in Atlanta a few weeks ago. And, um, and did some great interviews. Uh, so check out the Facebook page for Osiris. There's a uh, interview with uh, Brendan and Ryan from uh, Umphreys McGee, and uh, also um, an interview with some of the folks from Infamous String Dusters. So some cool stuff there. Obviously, all the other podcasts. Uh, please check them out. There's great stuff. There's great music podcasts. There's also some, um, you know. There's a there's a history podcast with uh, Bob Crawford from the Avid Brothers, and there's a craft beer podcast. There's um, a comedy podcast. I mean, there's something for for everyone if you're into podcasts. Um, I, I urge you to check out OsirisPod.com, and I guarantee that you will find something else that you like besides blues tape. Um, and and one other thing uh, along the lines with the podcast, um, we're doing a listener survey and try to get a sense for um you know what kind of stuff you're into to try to bring more content that you like to uh to you and help us you know uh make sure that we're doing uh the kind of shows you want to hear and so uh if you have some time to go to uh we'll post it on our facebook page and our twitter page and also on osiris so um you know, it should only take you a few minutes to fill it out, uh, but we would appreciate if you got on there and did it and it would help, uh, you know, help help the Blues Tape and help Osiris. And if you fill it out, then you have uh, an opportunity to win uh, one of two fantastic prizes. Jeff, uh, you can either get a $100 gift card at Amazon or you can get something that's completely priceless. And that is a, uh, an LP of the album Rift by the band fish. I don't know if you've heard of them before. Um, and it is autographed by Tom Marshall, who is the, the lyricist for fish and also, uh, one of the founders of the Osiris podcast network and a host of several shows on the network and a great guy all around good guy. And, uh, so, uh, if you've, Fill out the pocket. If you fill out the survey, you have a chance to either win the hundred dollar gift card or the autographed uh, album of Rift. So um, please go in and help us out. Fill that out, and uh, you know, keep listening. So we appreciate it. Uh, Jeff, any parting thoughts for the good people? I just want to echo your comments and thank everybody for tuning in every week. It means a lot. I hope you guys enjoy our selections and don't mind our. Our, our witty banter too much so thank you thanks for coming back just I, I, 
I prefer witty banner to endless prattling, right? I mean, that's a better. Uh, so uh, anyway, everybody have a great week. We will see you next time on the Bluest Tape. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.
the south on my shoulder I guess I'm going I set a course 